Welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending June 19th, 2020. I'm Chris Kyle, and today I'm joined by Senior Quantitative Research Analyst, Abe Robison. Good morning, Abe. It's good to see you. You're looking good for somebody with a seven-month-year-old at home. <laughs> good morning. Yep, getting some sleep. Today, we're going to be covering a number of topics. First, we'll discuss the Fed's recent announcement on implementing their corporate bond buying program. We'll then move to a more macroeconomic picture and how this is affecting market sentiment currently. Closing, we'll look at expectations going forward as we reflect on our core pillars of investing. Abe, let's start with the Fed's reaffirmation of buying credit. What can we expect in terms of scope and implications of enacting this program? Sure. So the Fed expanded its Main Street lending program to include nonprofits. Uh, But the really interesting piece is that they also enhanced their secondary market corporate credit facility. Uh, They've created a broad market index. Uh, They want to target buying a broad-based diversified market index of U.S. corporate bonds. Uh, There was a clunky opt-in provision that companies had to certify that they were qualified. Now the Fed will be buying everything that is triple B or higher and five years or less. Uh, It's a way to make sure that they can buy everything they want to buy and so deliver on a promise, really. Uh, The fixed income markets really liked it. Uh, Credit spreads tightened. Uh, This promotes even more stability. Uh, And there are still risks, uh, like the looming worries of a COVID second wave. Um, However, this does put quite a large backstop and is very reassuring. Uh, On the flip side, uh, I mean, is it bad that the Fed is buying just about everything? Well, this usually uh, can run into problems down the line of runaway inflation and moral hazard issues. But if uh, 2008 is any guide, uh, there wasn't any real inflation problems. And moral hazard is an issue, but it's definitely not our biggest one at the moment. So that comparison, the comparison that's often made is also to the Japanese central bank and what they did after the 2001 housing crisis. Uh, they ended up doing so much and having so much on their balance sheet that even now it's close to an entire year's worth of GDP. Uh, and this caused market functioning problems. But the U.S. is only about 30 percent of that ratio. So uh, we're a long ways from that. And it's worth noting that investors will have to uh, reassess how they value credit premiums uh, given the Fed's program. Uh, The Fed said they only really do this once, but it's a box that they've opened. And now uh, this option is out there. That's a good reminder on that 30 percent, especially as a lot of us do brace for that second wave of the virus, perhaps in the fall, which will likely be met with additional monetary fiscal response. Aside from the purchasing of credit, what else are we seeing from a macroeconomic view? Specifically, what empirical data points are we looking at and how is that going to be impacting market sentiment? Sure. The the macro picture has improved. Um, Market sentiment has uh, definitely changed. There's been a shift from the panic we saw in March and uh, we're starting to get a handle on things. Companies are figuring out how to deal with uh, social distancing uh, and growth rates have been good. And uh, For instance, the U.S. retail sales was surprisingly high. Uh, We saw the June uh, federal uh, survey uh, was also strong this week. Sorry, regional Fed survey was strong this week. Uh, Jobless claims a little high, but in aggregate, things are looking good. Uh, This means the consumer is out buying things, and there isn't that mix of paralysis and economic closure that existed before. Uh, This recovery isn't finished, but a good portion back to pre-COVID levels. Uh, And the NBER, so the National Bureau of Economic Research, did label February as the uh, peak of the expansion and uh, in March, the start of the crisis. 
So they're usually quite conservative with labeling these things and typically do this uh, months after the crisis has already started and, and they once did it even after it ended. <laughs> um, but they've labeled it as, you know, uh, uh, labeled these dates and we're suspecting that the recession may only be two months long. Um, and if that's true, then that means that it ended in May and that's really good news. Two months would certainly be welcome, if not historical, given the drawdown and subsequent recovery we just saw. Yeah. That said, what can we expect going forward in terms of continued sentiment, cycle value, some of the pillars that we look at as a firm? The investors' sentiment has definitely turned from being panicked and worried. Um, and now, in aggregate, we are neutral. Investors are conflicted somewhat. Some are bullish, some are bearish. So it's much more of a normal state. Uh, the cycle, uh, I would say central banks are, on the whole, very accommodative. I mean, Look at the new program, and they provide a lot of backstop, and rates are near zero. Uh, we don't see any inflation risks, so non-inflationary growth environment is a very positive signal for equity markets. Uh, value kind of brings us back down to earth a bit, as stocks in almost every region are expensive again, and similar similar levels to where they were uh, before the crisis. Um, altogether, we recommend uh, being close to our regional strategic positions and just having a normal, diversified, multi-asset portfolio. Agreed. Thank you for the details. And it's actually all the time we have for today. Abe, thank you for providing such a wide breadth of detail and insight. And to everyone else, thank you for listening. Stay safe, be well, and we'll see you next time. <music>